You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, Pastor Josh finished preaching from chapter 12 in Romans. In today's episode, we cover a lot of ground and talk about what genuine love looks like as Paul describes it. We also discuss what this passage means when it says we're able to heap burning coals on the heads of our enemies. And finally, we talk a little more about what Josh meant when he made this statement that people are not evil, their actions are evil. Thanks for joining. All of this and more today on After the Message. Hello, guys. <laughs> Hello. Good I just got a, I got a thumbs up from uh, from Chase that we could start. <laughs> he actually gave you two. You and didn't then, see the first one. Yeah, and then you and sent then the there for no, like 30 seconds. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, we, we, I, was, I was looking for an interesting start at the podcast. Thanks. Oh, you just did yeah. it. So. Well, it was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awkward and interesting, not the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, same thing. So you guys doing yeah. well? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Spring break spring week. Break? It is mm-hmm. spring break week. Which explains why Josh is not with us today. That's right. Josh is away yeah. with his family. On the slopes. On the slopes. But I think there were in New Orleans last night. Yeah. There yeah. were like a sports game in New Orleans last yeah, night. Yeah, the Pelicans. Yeah. yeah. Big win for the Pelicans. I for didn't watch, but yeah. I didn't either. But I did receive some pictures via text, so mm-hmm. um, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a sports fan. It's okay. That's what we say about you all the time. Yep. Anyway, hey, it's good uh, good to uh, be with you guys. Uh, so I'm Mike Haight, uh, for those who are just listening in, and, uh, and this is after the message, in case you were wondering. <laughs> and, uh, yes. We're here with Sean Selman, Mark Evans, Neil Marsh, and Chris Grote, our new associate in the worship yes. ministry. What's up, guys? And, uh, hello, welcome, hello, hello. Chris. And then, as always, Chase Hammock, our producer, who's good over morning, there looking Chase. like he's concentrating very... Well, Chase kind of earned his paycheck this morning. We yes, had, he did. We had technical difficulties. And he nailed it, right? We're ready to roll, Chase. Yep, that was a thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> That's all we get from him. <laughs> a lot of thumbs up today. Um, anyway, it's good. So we're, we're missing Josh. We, we hate that he's not here today, but uh, especially since he preached the message, but, um, but it's good that he's away with his family. So we are jumping into Romans, the back half of chapter 12. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this was really good. Like it was really good. This is practical, like really, really practical teaching. In fact, Josh even talked about that uh, a little bit at the beginning of his message, just how uh, there are really kind of two types of people. Um, some that, that really love the- theology and sort of the philosophical, um, you know, living in that philosophical world uh, versus others who, who are more practically oriented and, and really are, are always looking for the application. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, is Josh talked about that? Because I, I think this is, you know, up until this point in Romans, like it's been, it's been really great for those who really love the theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're getting some things that are really more, uh, more practical, I guess, mm-hmm. in nature. Yeah. I, I, th- I think just in hearing that, uh, just a thought that crossed my mind is, yes, we have, we have a natural bent, I think, to either be... Um, really philosophical, abstract thinkers talk about theology, uh, the deeper things, if you want to call it that. And then some of us have a bent to, to think about the more practical every day. How does this apply to me? 
I think it's important that we don't isolate ourselves in either one of those worlds. Mm. Um, mm. Like we need, we need to, if we're very practical, how does this apply to me? We need to think about theology. We need to think That's about right. what we believe, why we believe it. Mm. What does the word say? Who is God? I mean, we need to have those, those kinds of conversations and thought. And, and I think we've said in here before, um, what we believe will ultimately drive what we do. Mm-hmm. And so, so let's not forget that. So sometimes, sometimes our practice or our application and maybe even how we view scripture may be rooted in correct belief in theology. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, not, so don't forget that. At the same time, if you are that deep thinker, you like to, to talk about the really hard concepts we also cannot forget that those things need to be lived out in action, mm-hmm. right? We need to we need to put we need to figure out how does this apply. If I believe this, then how does this affect how I live? Mm-hmm. So I think just the whole idea to to encourage one another to to live in both of those worlds and to pursue both of those things. I, I felt the same thing. Bouncing back to Romans twelve two, or last week was it one or two, where he said. Um, be transformed mm-hmm. by the ruining of your mind. The ruining? And ruining of your mind. <laughs> Sometimes you, you, I feel like there's a piece of my mind that needs to be ruined. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ruined one way and renewed to another way. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, yeah, Neil. No, that, was was a little, good, that was a little agreement there. That was a good recovery. <laughs> no, I like what... No, uh, I said I agree with it. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed you, Mark. No, okay. I, I, but so the, if, the, if the renewing of the mind leads to transformation, we can fall off either way, like you're saying. That's you, right. We can be really smart mm-hmm. and even great teachers. Yeah. We can say really cool things and have no transformation. Mm-hmm. That's right. Which is, you know, that that's that's disgusting to the world around us mm-hmm. when they see the, the the lack of consistency. The other side is we can be really good and have good behavior and morality, mm-hmm. but really have no heart transformation. Which, um, one, is unsustainable, but ultimately it's not really what God desires anyway because he's not looking just for a bunch of morality, moral people. He's looking for heart change. And where that starts is with the renewing of the mind, which is what you said. What, what do we believe? What do we anchor in? And um, mm-hmm. so I think it was a great distinction, but I, I'm 100% with you. I mean, we, we can't fall off the cliff on either one. We've, we've got to all be about pursuing him and, and sharpening what we believe and know about him. Right. Is it, mm-hmm. when looking ahead the next few chapters, is it fair to say that the, a lot of these things are not going to become that same kind of like uh, pithy instruction giving um, on how to live all this stuff out from the previous chapters? Paul's now going to be spending time just going, therefore then do these things, be these things. Is that right? I, mm. I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, there's some other things at the very end, but... But literally, we're moving into that section, and it's not. We shouldn't view it as two different sections of Paul's letter. It's it's all the same letter. He's saying because of mm. these things, we need to do these things. Mm. And so, so we're you know we've talked about justification, redemption, you know, sanctification, all all the big theological words mm. in the first part of Paul's text. But he's saying this this is the foundation for actually living this way. And yeah. so, so they're they're connected. They don't they don't live isolated from sure. one another. Yeah, for sure. I think going back to what you were saying, Sean, about the two different kinds of people, how important it is finding that balance? Because I think we'll see in this text that we're talking about today how 
I think if we're honest with ourselves, how hard it really is to live it out. And even some of the, the language that Paul uses, like we need to know some theology to know how do we live this out right. in the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Yeah, and, and living it out, I think it puts us back to a posture of being completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit to do mm-hmm. these things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we, as we try to live it out, as we're working out our salvation in fear and trembling, it is we live it out and we become aware of our, our desperate need because mm-hmm. on our own, we don't. Now, the sanctification process should lead us to grow in maturity the more we practice them. But yeah, how do we live those out dependent upon him? and others to do this. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and we, we actually had this conversation in our life group yesterday was, you know, just, I mean, how easy it's easy to talk about these things and to see these things, even in a very practical passage like this. Um, but then like to actually put this into practice, Mm -hmm. um, is that's, that's a whole nother thing. And, And apart from the Holy spirit, right. I mean, like we really can't do this. I mean, we, we need, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I, I found it really interesting, um, uh, and I think without a sort of a deeper view of the the language, uh, like the original language and stuff here, uh, it would be difficult to really know this. But but Josh pointed out that um, you know the first part of this passage we started in verse nine and, and took through the end of the the chapter. Um, and the first part of the passage really talks about how we should, as uh, believers. Uh, interact and treat one another mm-hmm. as other believers. Yeah, um, and then at some point in the passage, there's a transition where it begins, Paul begins to talk about how we should treat people outside the body of Christ or outside the church. Um, and so, uh, you know, how did you guys, uh, you know, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about that. I mean, as you, uh, you heard that from Josh and, and you know, how we understand that passage in the way that we, we interact mm-hmm. with those inside and outside the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone? Everybody, everybody all, Mueller, at all at once. Well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just start to say, I think it's interesting um, how he does kind of break it off into those sections, because I think in a lot of ways, like we do kind of, we have the church and we have the fellow believers, but we're not perfect in loving each other for one. And then how do we deal with those who maybe mm. are the ones who would be considered enemies or persecuting us? Mm-hmm. And um, just the way that Paul describes how we take each of those spheres of our life and to love well in, in every bit of it. So I, for one, I just thought it was interesting mm-hmm. and unique that he kind of broke it off in that yeah. way. And I'll set you guys up for the rest. No, I, I never picked up on that in previous times that I've read this, that it was a transition there. And he said that the transition came at the point where from needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And showing hospitality was where the transition came. Yeah. Can I just – what are y'all's thoughts on why hospitality? What what jumps out of you when that's the transition to those outside the church is the word hospitality? Why is that significant for us? Because um, that's an interesting <clears throat> word for me in my mind of – yeah, I think, um, and even his definition of um, serving the stranger, hmm. um, I think... Um, Is that the definition of hospitality? I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's that's not me looking at any kind of work right. study here, but but just um, just the whole idea of uh, the bent of, I'm, I'm inviting someone else in, there you go. right? That's and good. so... Um, so there's this there's this concept of brotherly love or 
the saints that you are a part of the family. So hospitality in that same sentence speaks to inviting someone else into that. Mm. Um, and so, so I would say that's, that's your transition. Um, I also think it's interesting to kind of reflecting a little bit back on what Chris was saying is that you also have Jesus that says, you know, the world will, will know mm. that you belong to me based on how you love one another. Mm-hmm. And, That's and good. the one, the, uh, I think he pointed that out to the one, when we see one another in scripture as well, mm. it's, it's talking about really the context of the church or the, mm. or the, the family of, of God there. So the, how do we one another? Well, yeah. um, and so, so literally Prior to that, Paul is, Paul is saying literally the same thing that Jesus said is that, yes, we need to love the world, but ultimately they're going to see the genuineness of this love based on how we actually love one mm. another. We call ourselves family. We call ourselves body of Christ. Are, is that being lived out? Right. Um, and and are we inviting them into that? Mm, that's or, so or good. Do they, or they just see it as right. chaos. And, and um, I think so. I think the pastor is going to continue to love us go down this road, so I'm going to keep going down it. There's a there's the the beauty of loving the family, but sometimes we can love the family and isolate the world around us. Mm. That's right. And so we're yeah. we're not intended to be insulated and protected from the world mm. by our little holy huddle, <laughs> 1980s youth ministry. Sorry, but that's <laughs> yeah. um, but where we're all so tightly that we keep everybody out. And hospitality is a great picture of we're gonna we're gonna live among those who don't know him mm-hmm. and we're going to love them well. It reminds me mm-hmm. of the book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Rosaria Butterfield. Thank you. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Really, mm-hmm. really great book if you're looking for something to read on what is our role as believers and how we love our neighbors and love the people around us. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we, we probably move back and forth in that where we, we, we come real close with our friends and those who love Jesus and then we sometimes will... Um, neglect or not show hospitality and grace and love and accepting other people into our world. Well, I think it, and I think that's a great point, Mark, because I mean, we do emphasize the importance of community, Christian community. Uh-huh. And, and we, you know, we, we, we promote that a lot, like our need for uh, close relationships with other believers. Um, but like we don't need those at the expense of that's right. you know that's right. relationships with people outside the church because mm-hmm. I mean even in the very next passage it talks about rejoice with those who rejoice weep uh-huh. with those who weep like well if if that's again uh, the way it was couched on Sunday is is that is speaking of our relationship to people right. outside the church like how can we do that if we if we're not actually in relationship with people outside of the church. Um, as you're talking, it just the overarching, the meta narrative of the whole story of God in mm-hmm. Scripture. Mm-hmm. He he invites us all in. Yeah. He he calls us to him as as his enemies and guests. He brings mm-hmm. us in. And hospitality um, is a word that like it. And in doing so, inviting us in, it costs him something mm-hmm. for us to be reconciled to him. And our hospitality comes at a cost. Like it. It should require sacrifice and service to those around us. Yeah, that's good. But it lines up with the complete arc of Scripture mm. um, of being invited in. That's really good. Yeah. At a distance like into intimacy with Him. Great connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, All right, during the pause, can I just call something out? Sure. Yeah. So call have you ever out. seen like um, Star Wars? And I think it was when uh, maybe uh, whatever the girl is, she found the... the um, 
lightsaber, and it was all kind of folded up in this old cloth. Mm. I'm watching Sean over here, and he pulls out this box. Did you see it? <laughs> I saw it. He's yes. got this box. Like just now? Yes. And it's and he opens the box lid and it's all this cloth wrapped around his Bible and he pulls out the Bible and it's, it's an like experience. a it was like a holy moment. I was like, Sean's about to bring it. So anyway, Sean, you got to do that, Sean. Reverence for the word, baby. I love it. Let's pause for a second. The other thing is uh Chris, one thing you made about Sean is he he's kind of peculiar. Like there's a whole okay. thing. That mime, mimes oh. go to school for certain things. Yes. Okay, can we get back to this? And so I think 12. that actually wasn't a cloth. That was a beret that he used to wear. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, I think it had black oh and white my. stripes on it, right? It would look like a shirt. Like, yeah. Maybe some makeup stains. Um, no, Sean was unboxing his. Things that you don't Bible. get to see because we don't have this on video. It's only audio. Sorry. I'm trying to paint the picture wow. for you. Right. That was a like a detour. Sorry, like, I, but you out out there. I'm I didn't sorry. know how to get back. I know. That was um, a very hard turn. I'm sorry. It was awesome, though. I had to bring it up. <laughs> I just don't want to mess up the Bible. Okay, good. It's new. Yes. Yeah, it is a very nice Bible. Right. Who got you that Bible? So this, I, how about I'll turn it like this. How yeah. about this? Great picture of brotherly love. Um, so I, I've been wanting, I, I own a, a contemporary, um, not, uh, no, Christian standard Bible. Um, that's my version I've been teaching out of, using for a while. Um, I wanted to get a new ESV. Mm. And so um, so I've been looking at Bibles, and I wanted the next Bible I buy to be one that would literally last me mm all of the rest of my life I can hand down to my family members. And so I've just, I was talking to my team about it. And so for Christmas, uh, the next gen team actually bought me this Bible. Uh, good stuff. Um, and just, um, when they gave it to me, just talked about my love for the word. Mm. And, um, so just a super cool gift. Mm. Um, and, uh, you want to take care of it? Yeah, I want to take care of it. And it is Love one it. of the nicest Bibles I've ever yeah. it's held. It's like goat skin like cover. And, yeah. yeah. It is so, It is pretty so fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I have a great team. Good. Yes, you so, do. Awesome. So, All right. Awesome well, you, you brought it out. So what are you going to read yeah. for us? Um, well, well, I was looking back at just uh, – I had I had some notes here and didn't have the text in front of me. Sorry. and um, But they were talking about just the whole idea, the transition, is because it's connected to the one another's. Mm-hmm. Um. And so in verse uh, 9 and 10, you have this very intentional thing in the Greek that is connecting all these actions back to the one another's. But then you see this kind of transition that Paul takes um, where he talks about, so be fervent in spirit, you know, um, and then rejoice. And he, he starts talking about these actions that are taken in love, and then he makes a shift to the um, for the needs of the saints and to show hospitality. And that section is not tied to the one another's. Mm-hmm. And so so there's a very just in the commentaries they're talking about the the intentional transition that he's connecting those things to mm-hmm. brotherly love versus love shown to those outside of the family. Yeah. So it's good. Anyway, yeah. it's a good point. Yeah. I just wanted to look and see. So, all right. So, I want to want to segue to another, maybe a slightly different topic, but but related, because uh, mm-hmm. you just we've been talking about brotherly love, and and so in the first part of this passage, um, you know, in fact, the very first verse it says, "Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good." And so, mm-hmm. it, so Josh spent some time really talking about, um, you know, really what. Uh, what kind of love this is talking about, and mm-hmm. and I think it was uh, 
uh, it was you, Chris, that, that mentioned in your, your life group that you guys had some conversation around yeah. uh, what, what Christian love is versus worldly love. Yeah, mm-hmm. the definition The contrast of love. between the two yeah. or how, how, how either, uh, either side would see mm-hmm. love and define love. Yeah. Um, where, did, where, did you, where did you guys go with that? Where did you land? Uh, you know, I think we were, because that word is just like right up, you know, at the top of verse nine. And it seems like from love flows the rest of these characteristics that we're supposed mm. to have. It's the only way that we can accomplish these things mm. uh, is with love. Mm-hmm. So just like the the other word, genuine, like how do we, how do we be genuine about this? How do we, because it can be so easy even in the Christian culture to say, you know, one thing but mean another to give somebody a smile, but on the inside you're, you don't really like them that much. So just what does it really mean to be genuine and then taking the word love and saying, how should we define it as Christians? Maybe in contrast to how the world defines love. And Mm -hmm. I think that would go Mm -hmm. into the next part of that verse very well. Yeah. Like, because part part of, we we had a similar discussion in our group and uh, I think, you know, part of where we were, we were headed is, is like the, so the world kind of sees love as live and let live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah. You Acceptance. Know. Yeah. It's tolerance. Yeah, it's, tolerance. It's, it's complete and utter tolerance of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, I mean, in this, this passage, I mean, it's actually telling us as part of genuine love, like, like we should abhor what is evil. Mm-hmm. So like, how, how does that happen? Yeah. You know? Um, and again, if you, if we subscribe to the kind of love that the world would, would have us subscribe to, like you can't do that. Like you can't call things out, uh, or, or speak truth. So uh, because I, probably there is no absolute truth, right? Yeah, so when I hear this, it's, I, I like what Chris, what you said to me, the love must be sincere. I'm reading out of an NIV this morning. Um, so has got a new Bible, ESV. which is, yeah. So, but that's the umbrella, Genuine. right? And then you see Paul kind of mm-hmm. unpacking that. Um, if we're going to nerd out for one, one, just one second, I think like, and we will, this, this, I will, uh, here you have, I think it's called a paranesis kind of teaching, which is word of the day. Paranesis. That's right. Neil brought it today. It's that's right. And I think it's kind of, if you go back and look at like the Shema or Deuteronomy six, four through nine, it's like, love the Lord, your God with everything. And therefore Mm. do it this way as parents. That's a paranesis of the household, the family Proverbs feels like that, where it's like, one overarching theme, then bullets all the way down. Um, Beatitudes mm-hmm. kind of falls there. And you have this right now in Romans, right? Um, so for me, when I look at this, this love must be sincere. It kind of goes back to Josh's story about the encouraging thing. Like inside the church, we will often think encouraging means the rah, rah, rah. Hey, you're doing a great mm-hmm. job. Keep it up. Versus different view of exhortation mm-hmm. um, or encouragement, which actually feels more like I'm going to walk along. We're going to walk alongside one another mm-hmm. and point towards the, toward the God's mm-hmm. word empowered by the gospel yeah. and the Holy Spirit to sharpen one another, mm-hmm. to yeah. allow the Holy Spirit to prune us and cut things away from us that are not necessary and build up other things. kind of goes when, when Mark and Sean talk through our discipleship frame. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What encouragement actually means? You guys want to unpack that? Yeah, I will. Um, we, we we try to use the frame care, God, and encourage whenever we talk about discipling one another. And I mean that that could be from a life group leader, that could be from a neighbor. And what we love about the care, God, and encourage frame is it would apply just as 
accurately to interacting with a believer as it would interacting with um, a non-believer. Um, we want to care for them well where there's trust and love demonstrated. We want to guide them in truth. And and this is where we're going here is guiding them does mm-hmm. not necessarily mean we just tell them what they want to hear, That's good. Um, that we just agree with whatever their opinion is. No, we want to guide them in the truth that is straight from the Word of God. That is our standard for what truth is. So we want to guide in truth. And then we want to have an encouraging aspect of that relationship. Well, encouragement is not only rah-rah, you're doing great, you can do this. I think Josh shared that on Sunday, which is a great picture of um, a coach just wanting to make his his student or whatever uh, feel like he was doing a good job. But a a coach, when he encourages, will also um, correct or pour courage into that person to take appropriate next steps. So if I care for you well, I've guided you in the truth, then my hope and desire for you is to guide you and then to encourage you to take those steps that are in alignment with the truth that you've been guided in, so to speak, is how it all connects. So for us to play a role of mm, either passivity, where we kind of step back and just let people live and let live, or we uh, uh, it wouldn't be genuine – or sincere if I encouraged you in such a way that does not encourage you to take a steps of obedience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If all I'm doing is encouraging you to continue, then I'm not really sincere in my love. That's right. Now, how we navigate that as believers in this culture, Mike, to your point, is really challenging mm-hmm. because we have believers who fall on different sides of their their beliefs. Like, I mean, how do we how do we identify sin and what is sin and what am I supposed to do when I know somebody that I see is living outside of what I understand Scripture to say, right. but they take it differently? How do we love those people well? And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 we all live in that. and yeah. I live in that with family members, and I want to love them well, but I also want to encourage them mm-hmm. appropriately. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it comes better, the idea of it's not – we could think Paul Timothy – Mm-hmm. Encouraging. I think a, another more likely picture for most of us is more of Ephesians five twenty one, the mutual submission to one another out of reverence for Christ and what He has done. Hmm. So it's this: we're, we're caring for one another as we're doing life together. We're guiding one another rather than flippantly pointing to a passage of yeah. scripture. We're doing life together, and That's then right. we're encouraging each other. Yeah. However, I'm gonna pull out our one another there. Submit to one another, like so. Paul in in that one. The submission to one another out of it's out of a love because they're part of the body. It become to me it becomes more difficult when I have someone outside of the body. Absolutely, yeah. Right. That's when there's right. not mutual submission. Right. That's right. That's, fair. that's exactly that's, right. So therefore, in that point, the goal is that love is genuine. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Then the, yeah. that's that catalyst for me to love well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I think here's the, uh, I was looking at some other things. If you look, that's the first sentence in this passage. Mm-hmm. Let love be genuine. And we have a period. In the Greek, there is no verb. Like, it just says, so, sincere love. Mm. And Mm. I think what you have is Paul saying, so sincere love. And then this, the rest of this passage is, you want to know what sincere love looks like. That's right. It's all of this. It's not these pieces. It's everything that I'm describing from this point forward. Mm -hmm. This is what love looks like. It's all of it, hmm. not a piece of it. And so, so as believers, I think it, 
it does go back to as I guide according to truth. It's about me not looking at this going, well, I'm pretty good at that, so let me ignore the rest of this. It's if I want to have genuine, sincere, authentic love, then I need to I need to look at this passage mm-hmm. and go, here's an area I'm strong in. Here's an area I'm weak in. Here's an mm-hmm. area that the Holy Spirit has convicted me of. And I have to engage the entirety mm-hmm. of the text, yeah. not just the things I choose. That's good. Um, and so I think when Paul's describing this, he's like, you want to you get a full picture of love. We need to pay attention to all of these things in our life. Mm-hmm. Not just the things that make us feel good or the things that come easy, but mm-hmm. let's love in all of these ways. That's great insight. Yep. Sean. Thank from you. his new Bible. It's a fancy about, Bible. It's about time, man. Where you been? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so let's, if we can do something like, um, and I think as we do that with one another, as we as we are loving one another, learning to do so genuinely, we should expect that we are works in progress, right? Mm-hmm. So this kind of goes, I think Braddy said a statement in the sermon that people are not evil, right? Mm. So that's like, so we get questions. <laughs> so what exactly does that mean? So my right. first shot across the bow would be, it's easy to hear in that statement that we're not depraved, which is mm, not actually. That's not right. Yeah. So what we're saying here, I think, is that we, loving one another genuinely, we are all image bearers. Mm-hmm. That image is marred or distorted from what God's original design was, and it's mm-hmm. through sanctification that that image becomes less marred and more like who we were designed to actually look like as image bearers. Yeah, um, that's good. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um it doesn't mean we're not depraved, which means right. that we are at a distance from God mm-hmm. from birth and right. that we are have a proclivity or propensity, to using your word from before, um, to sin. Those things are true. Right. It also doesn't, total depravity doesn't mean we're as sinful as we could be. Hmm. And it, it does mean, though, that we cannot save ourselves. So that is yeah. equally true to say that we're not, That's but right. we are image bearers. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I think if, if I, Josh is not here, so... His bent is is focused on. I'm speaking for Josh here, but uh, I believe this is what he would kind of his heart and what he would say. the The bent is on the fact, and he brought it out that we're we're to love people, like mm-hmm. we're not to hate people. We're not, we're we're to hate sin. We're not supposed to hate people. Right. Our, it, it it all goes down to this whole idea of what is our desire for them. Oftentimes, what we want to do is we see sin. So what we want to do is we want to, we want to hold the person mm. at arm's length away yeah. Yeah. instead of mm. loving the person and helping them see what God's design and their purpose is for their life. We, we've got to get past that. We've got to learn to to love in such a way. Okay, so I have a statement. It's I, awesome, man. It's like it's, it's like it's, um, I think I heard it from a podcast recently, but it is that sanctification process as we love one another. It is to love what God loves. Uh-huh. In the way that God loves, loves that, yes. And so it's easy for us to love what God loves, but distort that, mm-hmm. which is unholy. But to love what God loves or who God loves, which is image bearers in this case, mm-hmm. but also to love them the way that He loves them, mm-hmm. with mercy, justice, truth, kindness, grace, all those things at the same time. That's that is good. that's the pursuit there. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Yeah, so, oh, go, go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say what I, what I don't want us to hear or. or I don't want anybody to think is that if we say people, that statement, people are not evil, that we're not, that we're not deserving of wrath. That's right. 
Like we, yeah, that's great. we, We're, we don't need to get that confused. All right. So this, this takes me to something that I've been talking about with my kids and, and some of it's just by watching TV shows uh, and movies maybe that we shouldn't be watching. But what you see is like you, you, we, we tend to want to put people in two categories, mm-hmm. the hero or the villain. Yes. They're good or they're evil. Mm-hmm. Um, we like them. We don't like them because they're good people or bad people. And I think that's what Josh was trying to say is we, we can't lump this person into this categories. Oh, they're evil and I'm good. That's right. There is no hero and there is no villain. There's only one hero. That's right. And that's, that's Christ. We're, we're all in some sense evil, but in Josh's, the way he was using that phrase, we're all depraved, but there's not a good and a bad. Yes. And so what, what we've got to do when we talk about care, God, and encourage, we care from pe- for people from the same posture. For one another. Of, yes, that's right. Yeah. We're, that's right. We're, we're all broken. I'm not good and you're evil. We're, we're all really at the same place. That's really hard, though, for us because we, we, um, we want to make ourselves feel better. We want to compare ourselves to other people, and if I can see them as different, mm-hmm. oh, they're evil and I'm good, then I feel better about myself. So uh, push back. Yeah, Genesis, so that goes Genesis three, right? Like Genesis three is Satan, the, the adversary, that he convinces Eve and Adam that um, God cannot be both things at the same time. He mu- he can he either loves you, right, mm-hmm. or and wants or wants the best. Like there's no way that God would withhold something from you, mm-hmm. right? And it's, as, as human beings, we tend to compartmentalize or categorize things to mm-hmm. either or. That's right. When the gospel is a clear third option of not this or that, but a third option of God is all of those things. And our tendency to diminish what he has revealed is to make it try to make it simple or categorical. Mm-hmm. Must be this or that. That's right. When in fact, it, it is a different option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think this, good. this may lead us toward the end of the passage here, but we have – it's all about us approaching one another with redemption, restoration in mind. Mm. There you go. That that has to be the end goal. It's not an us versus them. It That's is right. God deserves the glory, and our desire, if in line with God, is restoration and redemption. Mm-hmm. And so if I approach people with that bent, that we mm. all need redemption, That's right. we all need restoration, we all were created to bear the image of God. Mm-hmm. Like and, and understanding that sin has marred that, ruined that, and so our goal as I approach people mm. is not out of wrath, like he talks about in here. That's wrath right. does not belong to us. So what does belong to us is we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors mm-hmm. to say God has a way of redemption and restoration for yeah. you. And yeah. so, so if I come with that posture, then it puts me uh, in a different place as I approach people, Absolutely. even when they're different than me or even opposing to me. That's right. Um, so, so we've got just a few minutes left here, and I and I do I think this is a this is a good segue. I do I do want us to at least spend a couple of minutes talking about the end of this passage uh, before we wrap up, because um, the last couple of verses in this chapter. Uh, verses 19 and 20 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Vengeance. And uh, so now, again, this is something that came up in our life group uh, because I think a lot of people sort of maybe misinterpret that passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and in you know, it seems like uh, 
it seems like uh, contradict like it contradicts itself, right? Like we should we should love people, um, but we should also like you know we're going to do this nice thing for you so that <laughs> so you burn calls you to suffer, you know. <laughs> yes. uh, and and so it's like that kill them kill them with kindness kind of idea, which, mm-hmm. which is what Josh was was pointing out on Sunday. Yeah. Is like that right. is not what what this That's is right. saying, right? Yeah, it's a. I think it's like a posture of our heart, even mm-hmm. in that. And I think going back to the top to get to the bottom, when we hate evil and cling to what is good, that produces mm-hmm. in us humility. That's right. Yeah, which in turn mm-hmm. helps us to put others above ourselves in all things. Mm-hmm. Those who are in the church and those who are outside the church. And so when we are met with opposition or just people being downright mean or discouraging to us, um, it's like, how do we react to that? Mm -hmm. Flesh wants us to to strike back, to say the hurtful word, but Christ in us wants to meet them with kindness and and Mm -hmm. love as we're supposed to. Um, And I, I think the point we were trying to get at was like, what's our posture when we because if we're being hypocrites and just being nice to to kill them with kindness, like that's the bad posture of our heart. But if we are walking and keeping in step with the Spirit, and we choose the way of Christ, um, then I think that in turn will make them see something is different. Hopefully, mm-hmm. lead them to repentance yes. and lead them mm-hmm. closer to Christ. Right. Yeah. Can you guys think of a, a like a real life example in your life of someone who does who treats you kindly and it results in your repentance like an example of that in your own sanctification process someone who like loved you well and it revealed the holy spirit uses mm-hmm. a catalyst to reveal your need for repentance my wife's my clear example over yes. and over again like the way in which she will sacrifice for me mm-hmm. in very clear ways and it brings to my attention my selfishness mm-hmm. and how entitled I feel in my marriage. And then it, she's the consistent voice in face of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, really good. Yeah. And I think in the passage, just to bring clarity, when he says, Jennifer's not doing that to bring shame to you, mm, saying, that's right. right, if I'm really nice to him, maybe he'll no, feel guilty yeah. and be nice to me. Absolutely not. I mean, he, she, she may. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I'm sure there she, are times. She's right? saying, but, I, I mean, I love him. And in the passage, the, the the heaping hot coals was not to cause that person to suffer. It was to mm-hmm. cause or to lead that person to move, mm-hmm. yeah. to right. draw out. Yes. Trusting the Holy Spirit to do the work in there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to love faithfully. That's right. Yes. It's, it's, I, I think the yeah. things that come to mind for me is like going back to posture of redemption, restoration. I think oftentimes what we find is when we see someone who is doing something that is evil, what our tendency is, I want them to get what's coming to mm-hmm. them. Instead of a broken heartedness over, oh my gosh, if they could understand the goodness wow. of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in in this passage, there's two things that come to mind is that when we show kindness, you know, it word tells us God's kindness leads to repentance. Um, I'm reminded of the Isaiah passage, Isaiah 6, mm-hmm. where Isaiah encounters the glory of God and in that moment realize he is a ruined, wicked man. Mm-hmm. And so what does the Lord do? He causes a seraphim to take a burning hot coal. Touch his lips. To touch his lips mm-hmm. because repentance has happened and through God's power, 
purification comes about. Hmm. And, and so, and the same thing, it's not just causing someone to move. It's, it's about causing them to move toward this God who loves right. them Back and wants their best. Yeah. And yeah, and toward redemption. So, so, I, would, so I would add one thing to what you said, mm-hmm. which was when we act with kindness, I think when we are kind, like that's the, it's not yes. just us acting as in, yeah, I know you right. said that, but like yes. that's that whole thing of Mark talking about the posture of right. if we are kind, yes, then the Holy Spirit will take those moments right. because it's who we are in that moment of yes. changing mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good thoughts. Very well. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. And, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, so, I could keep going, but I think we're out of time. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's, yeah. It, it, it's a great way to end it right there. You know, I mean, Neil told us that we couldn't run very long today. So, nope, you know, can't. Um, <laughs> Got a clock, boys. Use it. Uh, no, it, really great conversation. And uh, I know we could talk. I say, as, that, I say that in kindness, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I feel burning cold steeped on my head right now. Um, uh, yeah, no, as always, we could talk uh, a lot more probably about much of this, but uh, we only have so much time. So, uh, guys, yeah. thank you for the conversation today. And as always, uh, it's challenging and, and encouraging. So, always good. um, Really love doing life alongside you and ministry. And uh, so, love you guys. Thank you. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my broadmoor thanks for listening